Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Now, everybody, this is an episode that is going to be terrific. So, in today's conversation, I'm going to be talking with John Fox out of Vital Consulting, and, and he's somebody that a mutual friend connected me with, and, and I'm so excited because the the practicality of this. John is somebody who works with businesses as a coach to help them get above the business and and start actually running it rather than letting it drag them through the mud every step of the way. And, and I think that, that there's a lot of managers and business owners that they're, they're just getting pummeled, right? I mean, like you keep coming to work every single day just to seemingly get, get punched in the face. And, and you kind of ask the question, like, what do I do about this? Like, this isn't what I wanted to sign up for. In, in this conversation, we're going to talk about a framework that he helps implement that has six different components to it. And and these components are, are really powerful. And what's been cool for me to see is, is how well they resonate with some of the more uh, tactical practices that Grant and I have been working on teaching. So in today's conversation, we are going to cover a framework that there's six pieces to this. The first one is vision. Second, people. Third, data. Fourth, issues. Five, process. And six, traction. And we're going to spend some time on each of those. And I think that by the end of it, you're, you're going to find that, that you know, even if you don't work with a, with a coach like John, just by listening to this podcast, I think you're going to have some tools to really define where you want your business to go and how you're going to be able to get there. You, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the conversation is the idea that your business is, is like a, a boat. And if everybody is, is rowing in a different direction, it doesn't matter how hard they work, that boat's not going to go anywhere. And I would just keep that image in your mind as you listen to this conversation. I'm not saying that you don't work hard and and that your team members don't work hard, but there's a difference when you're rowing in the same direction and you capitalize on that momentum versus just going in circles because no one has any idea what they're supposed to be doing in the boat. So with that, I'm going to get out of the way. And as always, we'll circle back at the end. I definitely have some thoughts to share with you, but I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Joining me from Lexington, Kentucky is John Fox with Vital Consulting. John, I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thanks, Tim, for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, it's it's cool how we got connected. There's a there's a mutual client that we've been working with, and as as we've you know talked a little bit, you're you're going to cover in this in this episode a lot of uh, pieces of, of an EOS framework of, of things that business owners and and leaders and companies can be thinking about to take control of their processes and, and really start running their business instead of getting like dragged through the mud by it. Mm-hmm. And and as I've learned more about the EOS system, I feel like there's a lot of harmony with some of the tactics that uh, myself and, and Grant have been trying to, to teach a lot of business owners. And I think this is going to be an awesome conversation for, for a lot of people that are looking for help that have been doing this for 30 years or saying, what do I need to do to stop having my life ruined by my business? I think you're going to be able to give some awesome insights. So thanks for being here. 
For sure. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's jump into this. So, so can you give us a little bit of your backstory? You, you were a business owner for a long time and, and now you're an EOS implementer. I, I'd love to hear about your story and, and what you have seen um, this, this uh, process do for you and other companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started a business with a partner in 2008. Great time to start a business, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, started a bit. Well, it actually was because we only had room to grow. Um, <laughs> so we started the business in 2008. It was a, a high-end audio-visual home integration automation company, you know, lighting control, security, uh, home theater, surround sound, that that kind of stuff. And really had no idea what we were doing. We, we weren't really business owners. We were just a couple of guys. We had didn't have a wife yet. We didn't have a pet. We didn't have kids. We didn't have any dependencies. And so we were like, let's just not work for the man. Let's go do our own thing. And so we started this company and just continue to learn as we, as we, as we grew. And um, we hit this point about three years in where we decided to hire a coach. We became more serious about what we were doing and realized that what we knew was not going to take us to the the next level. Hmm. And what you, what you don't know can hurt you. And we were being hurt by a lack of growth, a lack of profit, and it sucked. And so, I mean, there were months where we didn't make any money uh, months where we were like, wow, that was great. We made $200 personally that month. Like, that's not okay. So we hired a business coach. It was kind of one of those situations where we couldn't afford the coach, but we couldn't afford not to have the coach either if we really wanted to, yeah. to see our potential um, come to life. And so we hired the guy who was out of Kansas City. And man, that just drastically changed the dynamic of our company. Um, even within the first 12 months, the first six months, really, you know, he helped us with a lot of the structure stuff, like figuring out how to put a CRM together and how to think about a sales process and how to hire our first administrative assistant and start delegating and managing someone else and how to create weekly meeting agendas with people, how to do all this stuff. Right, dude. I just got to, I have to stop you. Like you are literally speaking my love language right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah. But it's like the things that you're never taught anywhere. Like yep. even in business school, they don't teach you these types of things. No, they don't teach you how to run a weekly meeting. No, no. And so uh, he started teaching these, teaching us these things and our business started to grow and grow, especially the CRM, like the CRM oh, itself. Yeah. It's everything. It's everything. We had all of this low hanging fruit that we just were not tapping into because we didn't have a system for following up. Right. We just, we just thought like, well, they said no, or they started ghosting <laughs> me. So like, it's a lost opportunity, but no, like it's my job as a salesperson to be a good salesperson, right. And to, to persevere and, and to earn the business. Yeah. So we, we, we doubled our business two years back to back Wow. Uh, and became a million dollar company after working with this coach, just even after two years. Wow. And so uh, my life was completely changed by working with this guy. I mean, who I am today, just as a leader, as a person, as a, you know, the way I think about business yeah. overall was totally changed because we did made the decision to hire a guy named James Walker. Wow. All that, that, that one decision literally changed the course of my life. And so long story short in 2018, just a couple of years ago, I hit this personal ceiling, this, this wall in my life where I just, I started asking myself a lot of hard questions and yeah. kind of waking up every day asking like, what do, who, who do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. Right? What do I want to be when I grow up? And we had all these plans for what we were going to do with this company. We were going to have multiple, multiple locations and all this stuff. And then it's like literally within a couple of weeks, everything came to a halt um, because of 
something that God was doing in my life. Yeah. And I've, I've learned that sometimes you experience that inner t- turmoil and that yep. lack of peace. Like there's something unsettling about life right now. And that's typically God saying there's a change that's going to be coming down yeah. the road, whether oh, yeah. it's tomorrow or in a year or whatever. And I experienced that and I started asking, okay, God, what, what is coming next? And uh, that's when he told me that I needed to transition out of the business. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's amazing. And I, and I love that story about the transformation that you saw with the coach because like you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, business is literally, it's, it's running through a minefield. And, and really you get the choice of putting on a blindfold and running through that minefield mm-hmm. or of hiring someone that's been down that path and can help say like, exactly. hey, there's still going to be things that come up, but man, I can point out where a lot of these minds are and, and you don't have to go through them. And that's what you guys... That's the beauty of coaching is you literally can pay for shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. It's still super hard work, but but it is a shortcut in the sense of like, do you want to bang your head against a wall for a year on this one problem? Or do you want to be able to get past it in a month and a half and bang your head against the wall of the next problem? Right. You know? So it's not, it's not saying a shortcut means no work, but it means that you can get, you can get further quicker. So I want to, I want to pivot real fast and, and, and move into the meat of this, this conversation. So, so right now you're an implementer of a, of a system that's called the EOS framework. And I love you to define that system. And I want to go through each one of these um, really six categories of it systematically. And I think it's going to be just incredible. So can you define that for us? Yeah. So EOS stands for the entrepreneurial operating system. And so it literally is like you mentioned, a framework for managing and executing in a business. And um, it's got six key components, which we'll get into in a minute. And then each component has a couple of tools or disciplines that help you strengthen that component of your business. And so it's, it offers like real world, practical, simple tools that help you get what you really want from your business. And that's the beauty of business is that ever you can have what you want. Like it doesn't have to look like something else. You get to design what it is that the business is going to do for your life, right? Putting that lifestyle first. And so then the question is, well, how do I get the business to achieve that for me? And that's where EOS comes into play. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of frameworks. I mean, I, I found that to be so beneficial in my life, whether it's like personal disciplines, um, business practices, like how I go about my marriage, you know, frameworks are so important. If, if you, if you, if you can identify someone that's been further down the path that can, uh, you know, give you a framework, it gives you so much clarity. So, so let's jump into this. So the EOS framework, and this is covered in a book called traction. So if you want to go, you know, in a, in a deep dive on this, you, you can pick up traction and really start to understand it, but you've got vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. Let's start with vision. Yeah, great stuff. Um, So vision uh, at a high level is helping you really understand, clarify who you are, where you're going with the business, and what the general plan is to get there. If If I go into the average business and I take five employees aside, and I say, what's, what's this business going to look like in three years? Or if I say, what are, what are the priorities right now in this business? What, what are you working on? What, what are you saying no to so that you can say yes to these things? I guarantee you, I will get five different answers. Yeah. Five completely different answers. Or they'll just say, what plan? Like, we don't know. And so there's this analogy or this imagery that we talk about in EOS, we say 
we want your people rowing in the same direction. Yeah. And so if you think about a boat and you've got 10 people on the boat, everybody can be working super hard. They, I mean, they can be sweating because they're rowing so hard. But if they're not rowing in the same direction, the boat's going to either not move at all or it's going to move in the wrong direction or it's going to move super slow. Right. But when you picture that moment, the momentum and the traction that you can experience because everyone is aligned around what it is that we're doing, what is it we're actually doing in this business and where, where it's going, magic happens and it's, it's phenomenal to watch. So the vision component, you know, the main tool there is, is called the VTO. It's eight simple questions that, that I ask my clients and I, I have exercises and questions to help facilitate these different questions, but it's eight simple questions. It's not a 40 page business plan. Mm-hmm. It's we, we say less is more. So it's eight simple questions that help you um, really get aligned around where you're going with the business and have an easy and simple way for you to communicate it to your people. Because if you can't get clarity and buy-in from other people in the business, then you can understand as much as you want, but you're not going to go anywhere because your people don't know it. You know, John, this is incredible. And, and that analogy of rowing is so fitting. And I think that's one of the things that's tough in, in the fireplace industry is that, is that most companies know how to work really hard. Yep. And I would say even within the company, most of the team members are working really hard, but man, if you're, if you're rowing in, in different directions, you are literally just spinning your wheels in the parking lot. And it doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter how fast the wheels are moving. You're not going anywhere. So I think that that's terrific. Can, can you give me an example of like, what are some of these vision questions? Yeah. So the, the first question is, what are your core values? So core values is a very overused in the business world, Sure, but very few people um, know what they are and know how to apply them. Yeah. But your core values define the culture of the business. What, what do you want things to feel like? Who do you want to surround yourself with? What are we trying to accomplish internally in terms of the feel and the culture of the business? Um, the second question is, um, what is your core focus? So your sweet spot. What what it is that you, what it is that you do really well? Yeah. Um, what are the things that you're going to say no to? So your core focus acts as a filtering mechanism to help you avoid chasing after all the shiny stuff. Yeah. And that's really hard for a lot of business owners because you see opportunity. The reason you started your business is because you recognized opportunity, but that same reason you started a business can actually be your downfall. If you don't um, niche down and say, we're going to focus on this one thing that we're we're amazing at. Yeah. So your core focus, um, what is your 10 year target? What's that long range, simple, like, are we going to be a $5 million company? Are we going to be a $50 million company? Like what's the end game here? Yeah. The the fourth question is, what is your marketing strategy? So, you know, who is your target audience? Uh, what are your three uniques? Do you have a guarantee and do you have a proven process? So it's just kind of stripping down and, and having a high level marketing strategy. So everyone's on the same page about what that looks uh, like. I'm going to jump in real quick, John. I want to ask you a couple of questions yeah. with this. So uh, a couple of things. I mean, I, I love like if you were to ask team members, like, what are the priorities uh, frankly, if you were to ask a lot of business owners, they would say everything. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what do, what do you want to do this year? Do you want to do you want to beef up your uh, installation um, process to where less jobs are falling out and you're completing in a more efficient time frame, or do you want to grow your revenue by fifteen percent? You know, I'm just 
most business owners would just say uh, both. Okay, which one of those is more important? Well, we need to do both. When that's the answer, your answer is neither. And and even if you want to do both of those things, you have to weight them. We're like, if I have to pick one, this is the most important. And I love that you're talking about that prioritization. You know, asking these questions is powerful. But what would you say to a business owner that's like, uh, I don't know who has time to do this, man. I got to work. Mm. Yeah, I would I would say that the what I've learned about the coaching industry is that the the, the objection to coaching is always the reason they need the coaching. <laughs> always. If you don't have time for coaching, that's why you need coaching. If you don't yeah. have money for coaching, that's why you need coaching. Yeah. You know, and I and I keep thinking it it's it's so funny like I I was writing an article for uh, our industry magazine uh, a few weeks ago and it, and it's basically about um, when you say enough is enough and you decide to actually start making some changes in your business. And, and this doesn't have to do with EOS, but it does have to do with like, uh, basically operating out of a dashboard where, where you've got consistency of knowing where your margins are, where your, where your, uh, you know, upcoming, what your upcoming sales backlog is, what's going to be invoiced this month and different things like that. Right. And the, the analogy is like, would you ever rent a car that had no speedometer, no gas gauge, like no battery into like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't rent that car. Mm-hmm. Would you ever get on an airplane when uh, you're there? There's no uh, like uh, autopilot. There's no maps. There's no like barometer of you know, like. No, you would not fly in that airplane. But because you legally can technically run a business that way until you until you crash, you a lot of people just do. And um, I think exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah, if you, if you say, well, I don't have time to do this because I'm working too hard. It's probably a a problem. And I think that a lot of business owners, I get get this in our industry where a lot of business owners and you ask, how are you doing? They'll be like, oh, we're running, we're running. And it's like a mark of pride. It's like, man, I'm so busy. I just got all this stuff to, and I look at that as like a mark of shame. It's like, man, that means that uh, I get, I get that we all get busy. But like when, when I get to a place where uh, I kind of call it green, yellow, red, like when I'm operating in the red, we're like, man, my inbox is out of control. I'm missing calls. I'm forgetting stuff. Um, it doesn't matter how much money's coming in. I'm ashamed at that. And I'm doing everything I can to pull the e-brake and, and get things under control. But so often because there's technically money coming into the bank account, we just operate in that red zone. We think we're going to be rewarded for working hard but you're not, you're going to be rewarded based on the results that you create. And that was a tension that we had in my previous company too. And our coach really helped us with is you have to spend time working on your business. And I know that's become cliche working on, not in, but it really does matter. And you, you will experience more fruit, long-term fruit and short-term from taking time to work, just think about your business then you will if you just completely avoid that. I agree. Yeah. And the whirlwind never goes away. It's always there. And 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 right. and if you if you ignore the whirlwind, you'll you'll die because your business your business has to do those necessary day-to-day tasks. But but you as a business owner, man, someone's got to be flying that plane, which means that you have to totally. take time to it. So w- without vision, I mean, you're done. There's nothing. You know, people don't know where they're going. They're not going to stay with you. You're going in a million different directions. Um, once we ask those questions about vision and we've really identified, okay, this is where we want to go. Now we move on to people. Yeah. So you can't achieve a great vision without great people. I mean, that, that's just, that is the truth. That's the reality. Um, Jim Collins talks about the concept of the bus. You got to have the right seats and then you got to have the right people oh, yeah. to get in the seats. 
Oh yeah. And so when it comes to people, there are um, two main disciplines, getting the right people and, and putting them in the right seats. So the right people, the problem is everyone knows that you want to get the right people. But the problem is, is that the way we define right people changes from business to business based on how you feel. Like, what does sure. that mean to have the right person? Is it, is it you, you met with them once over coffee and you felt good about it? Like, what does that mean? And so with EOS, we define the right people by whether or not they embody your core values. Yeah. Which is why you have to do that work before you can even know whether or not you have the right people. You know, and so many business owners are just making emotional decisions. I mean, you know, if, if, if you were to go ask somebody like, hey, how's this person doing for you? Well, that unless they have, have actually defined like what the criteria is, it's really based on like, what did they eat for breakfast today? Did they wake mm-hmm. up in a bad mood? Like, did someone right. give them the wrong look when they came into the store today? And you're, you're right that this changes everything when you actually have a system and a frame, it's a framework. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it, I think it actually gives people a lot more clarity too, because they know what winning and losing looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the, the, uh, there's, there are tools in the EOS framework that help you actually objectively look like black and white. Does this person fit my organization? Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't, the, the people component doesn't stop with whether or not they're a right fit culturally. The second part of that is that you have to have them in the right seat Yeah. because there are two, two major people problems that you'll encounter. One is that you'll have the right person who's in the wrong seat. So you love hanging out with them. You want to be their buddy. Um, they fit your culture like a glove, but they suck at their job. Yeah. Right? You can't have that. But the other, on the other hand, you have people who are the wrong person in the right seat, which means that they actually are amazing at their job. They hit all their numbers. They're yep. sharp. They have the degrees. They know how to get it done, but they're a pain to be around. Yep. That maybe they lie. Maybe they're they're arrogant. Oh yeah. They're toxic. And you can't have that situation either, which is why you have to work so hard to get the right people in the right seat. And I've noticed from doing EOS for a long time now that I would say that 80% of the problems that businesses suffer from come from the people component. Yeah, I agree. And it's emotional. And and there's so many ties where like, you know, I mean, I've seen this with salespeople that like, yeah, they have good numbers, but like they destroy everything that comes in their path internally, both, both right. with, you know, I mean, we can get on, down the rabbit hole on that. Um, and then likewise, I see situations where people are overly loyal to past team members when, when, you know, it's very clear that the team member is just, is toxic for their company. What, right. what, you know, you want to be gracious with this because like, these are real people that, 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 you know, have, have, you know, dignity and value and worth, but, but wh- how do you, come to grips with the reality that like this person may not be the right fit. And how do I take those next steps? I think it depends on the severity. Obviously there's different degrees. Sometimes you have a hunch that they're not the right fit. Um, but you also want to do, you know, be fair and give them a yeah. shot. Yeah. Right. So at least letting them know that you don't see them as being the right fit, that here are the rooms, here are the areas of growth that are going to be required for them to stay in your company. Yeah. And then having kind of a three, a three strike process and rule, having those follow-up conversations and being just completely open and honest and clear about where they stand. Yeah. Because sometimes people don't know. Totally. You, you, totally. Right. So 100% of relationships fail because of mismanaged expectations. Yep. So you, you have to at least be clear with them what it's going to take for them to stay. 
yeah, and give them a shot. So good. Yeah, th- there's a lot there, and and I think if 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 you know listening to this, if you're going to take one thing away, um, you you got to face the brutal reality of this person, you know, might be the wrong fit either in their seat or, you know, on the bus in general, mm-hmm. but you got to be gracious with that. And, and there are situations where like, I see, you know, sometimes, you know, they think like, man, this employee is just a hothead or they're whatever, but a lot of it can be due to frustration sometimes where, where they, there hasn't been a defined role They you know, there's other things that, that, that are, um, causing them headaches that, that are due to bad systems. And so, yeah, I like that three strike rule a lot. Cause that gives a lot of runway where, if people do end up, you know, being asked to to leave the bus, it's really a self-selection at that point. Right. And, and what I found too, is that if you are being a really good manager, because one thing I found is most of the time people who are in management positions are actually not qualified to manage. Yes. And, but if you're, if you're doing your job as a manager, you are being super clear about the expectations of that person. Most of the time they'll quit if they're the wrong yep. fit. Totally. You don't totally. even, ha- yep. you don't even have to let them go. They'll quit. Yep. Yep. That, that's actually been my experience. Um, in almost every single case is that, is that, um, when I see there's a problem, I've defined the new expectations and, um, it's amazing how people yep. self-select out and it, and it, and yeah, I agree. We'll get back to our conversation with John Fox in just one minute. Hey, As you're listening to this, I know that the craziness of the busy season is over, but I want you to think back to the heart of November when you were sitting at your desk, the phone is ringing off the hook, everybody wants a fireplace, and you've got a gigantic stack of estimates that you got to get filled out for customers, and, and it's eating your life away. Well... If that's ringing a bell for you, then you have to take advantage of Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is a software system that can create customized estimates instantly for your customers. Now, on top of that, it can actually automate the follow-up process so that your team doesn't have to remember to do it. But Wi-Fi also gives you a way to manage your sales team to actually understand how productive are they being? Are, are they following up with their customers? And give you both visibility and tools to help your team serve your company in, in the way that they should. Now, for the last six plus months, we have turned off new subscriptions to Wi-Fi because we've been so busy onboarding new customers and building out new features, but we are just about to open registrations back up. So if you go to wifire.com, you can click the link that says sign up. You can place your deposit and be put on the list for when services are ready. And we are going to be getting companies outfitted in the order they sign up. So if you want to be able to write up instant estimates, connect with customers and just streamline your workflow like you've never seen, you need to go to wifire.com slash sign up okay let's move on to data so we talked about vision we talked about people next is data yeah so data is super important and you you mentioned this a little bit already with you know the the speedometer and the barometer and the different gauges and all that stuff but yep um, again you know coming back to making decisions emotionally most of the time we show up to work and we base our level of success on how we feel that day or how we feel that week yep and we we're not using objectivity to steer how we feel about where things are. And so um, with, with data, the, the main discipline, the tool that we use for that, it's called a scorecard. And, you know, this is nothing, uh, this is the timeless concept, right? This is nothing new, Sure. but actually having in place 
what are the me- what are the five to fifteen measurables at a high level that we want to look at every single week as a leadership team? What are those things that we want to look at, and what are the goals for those measurables on a weekly basis? And then, most importantly, and, and here's what where people uh, go wrong and what people don't do is who's going to be accountable for driving the success of each of those numbers. Let's put a name beside each measurable so that it's not this, well, it didn't happen this week. It's a, Hey, Susan, like what happened? (laughs) Right? Like there's a huge difference there. And that adds this layer of accountability that most companies don't have. But once you have these numbers, then it's a matter of gaining a 13 week uh, snapshot that you can look at at any given time. And you start noticing patterns, trends, red flags, yeah. like issue, issues are going to boil up to the surface of the business for you to solve just by putting this one simple tool in place. You know, this is so good. And, and I'm going to get really practical here, but uh, a lot of businesses that, that, that call me will be asking questions like, uh, should I hire another salesperson? And usually one of my first questions is, um, what is your existing salesperson or salespeople uh, doing per month in revenue? And a lot of the time, the answer is is not known. Uh, another one I'll ask is, well, um, how many door swings are happening each week? And of those door swings, how many are people that need help from a salesperson versus just like a, a clerical thing? Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't, we can't make a decision without that. We just we can't we because because that's going to tell us you know if it, it, number one based on the, the the traffic count and the numbers is is your current sales team underperforming or overperforming um, if they're if they're meeting expectation or overperforming then we're probably going to look at bringing in a salesperson mm-hmm. if if they're underperforming based on the traffic count that's coming in we don't need a salesperson let's just start coaching and putting together some 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 better uh, goals and accountability and tools for the existing sales team and and I I find this a lot even where where when when many companies come to me they'll ask questions about marketing and 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 you know they'll say Tim we need help with marketing um and and honestly with most companies my first answer is um cut 30% of your marketing budget like truly it is because when there's so much low hanging fruit in follow up a CRM sales goals like forget about marketing Let's, because mm-hmm. we can grow the company just by tightening up some of these processes. But the point is that, uh, you know, in in uh, me and Grant's hierarchy of departments in a in a fireplace company, marketing is last for a reason. And, and even though marketing is my passion and I love it, it's last because um, it's it, it's something that that especially if you're going to be spending money on it. It just comes pr- further down the list. You want to get these other things in place first and make sure that they're performing at a reasonable level before you start, you know, putting, putting fuel on the fire. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I tell people that it's important to optimize before you maximize. Like there you go. I love don't that. Try to increase something that isn't already working. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm writing that down right now. Optimize before you maximize. So, so data, I, I know people are going to be intimidated by it. How do you, how do you even start this? Like when you're a business owner that is, is making this decision to do it, it's intimidating. Like who is it that, that, that collects this? That, I mean, you know, how do you, how do you even start? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, different businesses that I work with or um, in different places that I think a lot of it boils down to how financially sophisticated or how, how data sophisticated is the company already? Cause I, I've got um, clients who they fill up all 15 slots of measurables and they're like sure. intense with it. 
and they love it. And I've got other companies that are like, like I can only think of four things. Like sure. let's let's measure money collected, um, website visitors that that we you know like just the basic stuff. Yeah, to- the basics. And yep. I think the beauty of the EOS tools is that they are meant to grow with you over time. So yeah. you can start your scorecard with something that's just going to start giving you the basic information. So you have something in place and you're getting the discipline and the routine of running your business by numbers. And you can add, subtract and tweak over time as you need to. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm just thinking about it in the fireplace business, there's some really basic metrics, right? Like, so you can track, you can track your, um, invoice sales for the month, right? Like what has been collected and is in the bank now, you can track your sales backlog, which is stuff you've taken deposits on, but has not been invoiced yet because it hasn't been installed or you know anything else. Um, track your installations like every week. Track how many installations do we have in the books right now, and how many weeks out are we? So you know, right now we've got forty-five installations in the books, and we're out three weeks. You know, mm-hmm. that's simple. You you could that's not going to take a ton of time. But man, you start doing this for a year, and now you're looking at this year versus last year, this quarter versus last quarter. Like you were saying, having that rolling thirteen weeks is, is powerful. I want to move on next because once we've tackled data, we 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 go to issues, and and I, this is a big deal. So so let's talk about issues. Yeah. So the reality is, is if you're doing the work in the vision component and the people component and the data component, like you're really drilling down into those three components of your business. The truth is, is that that's going to, that's going to smoke out a ton of issues that need to be solved. Yeah. If you're being open and honest, you are going to have a list of a ton of issues. And that's the, the, what I love about EOS is that there's a mindset shift that's really hard for companies to grasp at first. And the mindset shift is, Instead of issues being bad, let's avoid them. Let's pretend like they don't exist. Let's see this huge list of 35 things or 15 things as ways that we can instantly make our business better. Yeah. Like these are literally, this is a gold mine of opportunity for us to grow and to get better. Yeah. Right. And to work as a team to, to figure out how to make it work, like how to solve it. And so with the issues, the first, the first struggle there is, is can we change the culture to actually acknowledge, recognize, and put issues on a list somewhere that we can tackle together as a team? And then what is our process and framework for solving an issue? Yeah. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to push on that. Like what would you, so let's say this company's got this list of 15, what's an example of a framework to actually start tackling those? Yeah. So with EOS, the, the tool that we use is called IDS and it stands for identify, discuss, and solve. So it's a, it's literally a three-step process and it starts with identify, which basically means let's identify the root cause of the issue yeah. because most of the time you get a leadership team or you get a group of people around a conference table at a company and like they can talk about issues all day long. Right. But they jump sure. to step two, which is discuss. They discuss the crap out of issues. Like, yeah. like, like it's their job. Right. But the harder part is to stop and say, okay, we might be discussing a symptom we need to actually discuss the root because if we, yeah. if we solve the root issue, which is a lot harder to get to, then we stop experiencing the symptoms that we have to continue to talk about and solve. Yeah. So, you know, for example, like let's say that um, Jenny comes in late every morning, 15 minutes late. 
right? That's an issue on the issues list. Well, that could be a multitude of root issues. Is it is it a, a, a cultural fit problem? Is it that her manager has never actually had a conversation with her and clarified the expectation? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there could be five different root issues to that one symptom sure. that you need to dive down and, and try to figure out first. Yeah, that's terrific. I, th- I think you're right that that we're so quick to start discussing the issue without really thinking about identifying the root cause. Because, you know, when you identify the root cause, that's how you solve problems permanently. Otherwise, you're just playing whack-a-mole with just symptoms mm-hmm. that are just coming up again and again and again. So one, once we have a, the system in place where we're identifying issues and and I love that framework of, of identifying and then we discuss it. And then the final one is that we, we solve the problem. Um, mm-hmm. Now we move to process because I would imagine issues is, is like when we go through these first steps, we're going to learn a lot about the business and, 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 and we're going to get all these. Uh, it's like uh, it's like we're like hunting for ducks. Like we're, we're jumping into the bushes and all this stuff is coming up. But mm-hmm. now that, that we have a rhythm for solving that, how do we outline like processes for our business so that, issues don't happen as much. Right. Processes, um, I've noticed is such a, an elusive concept for a business all the way from write a few things down on a napkin to 800 page SOP manuals that sit on a shelf and collect dust. Sure. Right. So like what, what is a process? What, what does that even mean? And how does a business approach improving or putting processes in place for the first time? Um, the truth is, is that processes already exist in every business. Like you're, you and your people are doing things a similar way each time. Most of the time, it's just not communicated and put into a document that can actually be evaluated and innovated over time. Mm-hmm. So what I love about EOS and the way they approach processes is that they take a very entrepreneurial approach. And so they ask the question, what are the handful of core processes in your business? So every business is going to have an HR process for finding talent in the marketplace and onboarding them and things like that. Every business is going to have some sort of marketing process, some sort of sales process, accounting process, maybe a couple of different operational processes, a customer service process. So what are those handful of processes for your business? And then let's take, take them and identify the high level steps that are necessary to complete that part of your business well with a few bullet points underneath each step. Yeah. So we say, let's document the 20% that gets someone 80% of the way there. I love that. That's so, so we good. don't need to iron out every single nook and cranny of what's involved in that, but let's do put something on paper that someone new can come into the business, look at the process and have a pretty good understanding of what it's going to take to do that well. Well, this is so important. And uh, as, as Grant and I go travel to work with businesses, uh, one thing that a lot of companies struggle with is we call it, well, they struggle with a front end sales process, but but there's a back end sales process to selling fireplaces that, mm-hmm. that starts with, it's, it's the non-customer facing side. So when someone comes into the showroom and the, they work with a team member who sets up the estimator to go out to their house, what's the process of setting up that estimator for success? Mm-hmm. The estimator goes out and there's paperwork that needs to get sent back to the salesperson. What does that paperwork look like at a high level, right? We're not we're not telling them like, okay, first you unlock your truck and then you take the keys out of your pocket and then you put the keys in the ignition, right? But at a high level, you know, what does this paperwork need to look like? Then when a salesperson goes to green light the job to send a scheduling, what are the four 
pieces of information that they have to have, right? Uh, a, sign, a signed scope of work, a deposit, an order written up, whatever it is. And you go on from there, but, but it, it's a map, right? Like it's selling and installing a fireplace. It's like, it's like driving from, you know, Portland to Lexington. There's a way to get there. And I don't need to tell you how fast to go on the roads or even like what highway to take, but I do need to tell you which states to go through mm-hmm. to get there. And, and I like that, that you don't, you don't lose yourself in the details, but at a high level, we can point to the process and be like, man, this isn't working. Okay. That's where it is in the process that we don't like it. Let's do something about it. Exactly. And I think that a lot of root issues, going back to the issues component, a lot of root issues do stem from either not having a process at all or from needing to evaluate the process. And like you said, you know, see, you know, pinpoint one part of the process that needs to be innovated. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. And finally, right. As, as this all rounds out, we have traction. Can, can you talk about that? Like what, what, how do you gain traction and what does that step involve? Mm, yeah. So this is probably my favorite part of the system. Um, one thing, and, and there's, if you look at the model, it's like a circle and vision is on the top and traction is on the bottom. And the reason is, is because traction is where you really take the vision down to the ground. So we have a saying in the EOS community that vision without traction is hallucination. Hmm. So you can have the, the grandest ideas of what you want from your business, but if you don't have a system for executing on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis, driving accountability, having clarity, prioritizing, focusing, et cetera, like you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to get what you want from the business if you don't know how to gain traction. Yeah. So that's, that's the entire purpose of that component. And the two things that are involved in that are one, um, your rocks. So we call them 90 day rocks. So understanding, you know, in this 90 day period of time, what are those list of three to seven things that are the life or death priorities for yeah. this business and, yeah. and really getting a lot of um, alignment around that. Everybody being on board, like, yes, we are in agreement that if we do these three to seven high level things in the business, like we will say, heck yeah, that was an amazing yep. quarter. We were yep. successful. And so it creates this 90 day world where every 90 days you're coming up for air, you're breathing, you're evaluating the last quarter. You're then you're going back down into, into the trenches and you're working for another 90 days with more clarity about what you're supposed to be accomplishing, coming back up for air another 90 days later. And it's just this phenomenal experience of gaining momentum and seeing positive results all the time. So that that's the first discipline. And the second one is your weekly, we call them level 10 meetings. Mm -hmm. And so there's a very specific agenda that we teach our clients on how to have traction, accountability, solving issues, reporting the right stuff at the right time. There's this this flow and this cadence that, that, man, I'm telling you, it's just like it is, it, it makes a world of difference for people when they implement the traction component. You know, that's so good. I, I love that the the division without traction is hallucination because I think that we we tend to really gravitate toward either uh, just loving the process of painting a vision. What could the future be like? This is where I want to go. Or we just fall headfirst into nose to the grindstone, work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. And, and both are so important. And if you're wired for one, um, it's really helpful to find people that are wired for the other one to help balance each other out. But, you know, I, I believe that execution is the 
it's it's the hardest part of of running a business. I mean, you know, talking about strategy and what we want to do, man, that's easy. Like doing the work is hard. And and I I think that we have to be so careful to frame the direction that we're going to go, frame the vision, frame the mountain that we want to climb. But then we just have to realize that like it's really hard to climb a mountain even if you got the right tools. It it is hard work. And and you know, sometimes like I find this with myself with some of the rhythms and frameworks that I have in place for running my own business is you get tired day in and day out being like, man, like, is it really worth it doing this? And I, I always go back to like, I'm a runner and I keep thinking about like, well, if you're trying to get in shape and you start running like three miles a day and eventually it becomes like four miles a day and five miles a day, it's always hard. It's never going to get, it's never going to get easy but you're able to go further and faster than before. And, and, and if you look back on your journey and you're like, when, like, which day did I get into shape? Which one of those three mile runs did I get into shape? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. It's um, a compound effect. It's a compound effect. Yeah. And, and, and I, and that traction piece, like I, I love that you come up for air every 90 days because it's like, you're going to set those priorities. Like these are the make or break things. And then, man, we're going to, we're going to hit it. Like we are going to be working hard and we are going to, um, probably at times be like, why are we doing this? Is this even worth it? And you're going to come up for error 90 days later and be like, my goodness, like, look at what we did. I'm ready for the next 90 days. Yeah. 100%. And I've noticed too, like with those 90 day priorities, like success is more about what you say no to than what you say yes to. And I think we were talking about this at the beginning of the conversation and most companies, they fail or they stagnate because they chase so many things that they end up chasing nothing. You know, you chase two rabbits, you'll catch neither. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's what I love about the traction component, man. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's so good, John, this has been incredible. And um, two things. One is I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I want you to come back on the podcast. I want to talk about CRM sales process and follow-up based on your experience. I think that, that there's so much value to be had there. But second, where is it that people can get a hold of you if they have further questions or, or want you to, to help give some advice to their business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You can email me at jon at vitlconsulting.com. So John with no H at vital with no a consulting.com. <laughs> awesome, man. Not, not to be too confusing. No, that's okay. I love it. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, what do you think about following up at some point with a sales and CRM conversation? Yeah, I would love that. I would say that if I'm being honest, like I'm, the, I'm no expert in CRM, but I've been using one for 13 years and I teach my clients to use them as well. So I have a lot of passion around making sure that people are using those. So if, if that's okay with you, then I'd love to talk about it, but just don't expect some sort of like CRM nerd. No, that's okay. I'm not a CRM nerd either. John, this has been incredible. And we're just thankful that you came on today. You brought a ton of value. Thanks so much, Tim. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with John Fox. I mean, I got a ton of value out of it myself, just thinking about my own business and, and, and my own practices it's incredible. And, you know, I would, I would highly advise reaching out to him. He's somebody that, that really offers clarity. And what's so cool is that he owned his own business for 11 years. Like he mentioned, like he, he knows what it's like to be in the trenches and and to be dealing with this stuff every single day. But he was able to hire a business coach, grow his company. And, and honestly, like that, that's the path ahead. There's a lot of shortcuts that can be taken, not that you don't have to do hard work, but but man, like 
you can't get there faster by working with people who have done it before. There's a few things that I want to talk about. I mentioned this at the beginning. That analogy of the rowboat is perfect. Like literally, it doesn't matter how many people are rowing together. If you have one person that is rowing the opposite direction, you've crushed your momentum and and, and the company's not not moving the right way. When people are aligned and rowing in the same direction, not only are you moving, but there's a compounding effect to that momentum. Jim Collins calls it pushing the flywheel. You start to gain momentum, 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 and you're pushing just as hard, but you're going further and faster with that work. And you know, just think about that. If 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 someone asked a team member in your company, "Hey, what are the priorities of our business?" Do they know? A lot of the time they don't. And, and you have the ability to set that expectation. You know, when he talked about like most relationships fail because of, of poor expectations being set is, is the truth. And, and that idea of rowing is, is really, really powerful. When he, when he mentioned the idea of optimizing before maximizing, that's, that's big. As I work with businesses, there's, there's some companies that, that hit me up and they want the secret sauce. And, you know, what's, what's the secret to the sales process? What's the secret to being able to install better, faster, cleaner? And there's a lot of tips I can give. Like I can build you a framework for, you know, how to do sales, how to have weekly meetings, you know, a CRM and, and, and a weekly game plan, all these things. But th- those are the tools to get you there, but, but they have to be executed. And, and when I work with a lot of companies that want to, you know, go after a, a new line of business, like what if we started going after builders or if they're a company that works with builders, what if we started going after homeowners and retail work? What if we started selling barbecues? Uh, I got this marketing idea that's going to, that's going to help, you know, try to reach a bunch of customers. I want to, I want to do that very cautiously. And instead let's look at what's the business doing right now. And are, are we doing it effectively? Cause if we're not like, you know, why would we hire a salesperson when our first salesperson isn't isn't using a CRM or isn't isn't using a weekly game plan to to make sure that they're being structured with their time. Once we've done those things, then we can bring in another salesperson. But but doing that too early, you know, it could cause tension and, and stress and, and mismanagement. So I love that idea of optimize before maximize. It, it's hard, but it's like you know that's like the mantra of this podcast: slow is fast. We 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 have to do that. In, in the show notes, I'm gonna I'm gonna paste in the EOS framework graphic because that's something that's really it's really good to see and just realize that like your business is almost like it's almost like a like a bike tire right like there's a there's a center to your business but but each of these six processes is is a spoke on the wheel and 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 together that's what's going to to take you somewhere. What it all comes down to, I believe, is intentionality and alignment that that the intentionality has to be there to define what the vision is you you are sunk without it and even though you can technically get away for a little while this is when people quit this is when um people steal from you this is this is when um you have to do everything because you haven't defined where you're going and, and, and you haven't defined expectations for other people. So, so if you haven't done any of this, it, it sets you up for failure because there's no vision. Now, once that vision is set, it really is about execution. And this is where it's hard. I mean, I, I believe that, 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 you know, strategy is very, very important, but man, tactics of like actually executing on the work in the running analogy that we that we used at the end of the conversation, this is like that three mile run 
every single day. You know, you don't always want to put on your running shoes. You don't always want to stretch. You don't always want to run. And, and every single day, when you look back at it, like, did that run get you in shape? You know, I, I probably can't give you definitive results just from that day. It's only as it compounds that you see the results of it. And this is why business is so hard. And frankly, this is why many businesses, many small businesses either fail or, or the, the business owners have, have just a, you know, a, a terrible experience with it because they don't want to execute. And I would just, I would just remember that like when you can start enjoying the process versus the results, like, man, that's powerful. That's powerful. So I think what's cool about this is if you've defined the vision, even though execution is really tough, there's kind of like that, that, uh, that bunker mentality where it's like, Hey, we know where we're going to go. We're in this bunker together. And like come hell or high water, like we are going to do it day in and day out. And I, I love that teamwork and that encouragement that you, that you can give each other, but it only exists if you're rallied around a common vision. So I, I thought the conversation was terrific. If you have questions about it, we have a, we have a Q and a episode coming up. That's going to be the last episode of this season. You can go to the website. It's firetime.com slash ask and, and get your question in. I'd, I'd love to go deep on this. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash itsfiretime. You know, as, as we keep going with this season, I, I think that this theme of taking control of your business, of, of, of getting ahead of it, uh, it's something that's not going to go away, especially with the state of where our industry is. Many companies need need to think about, you know, defining like the vision, the people, what's the data that we're going to actually be paying attention to. And and conversations like this are are going to continue. I'm excited to have John back on to to talk about sales and follow-up specifically. So, with all that as homework, you know, I'm going to give you some homework right now. And I guess I'm not going to know if you if you if you do it or not, but you can send me an email if you do. You know, what what I would like you to do is to list out those six components. Just write down vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. And and I want you to write down one observation that, that you've thought about based on this podcast. I think that that's going to be a first step. Now, now, you have to take that and do something with it. But the first step is to actually stop and make time for it. If you can do that, you're, you're going to be going places that a lot of business owners can't. So I hope this has been a blessing for you. I can't wait to see what you do with it. And I'm just excited to talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. <laughs>